The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsborough, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by the Hillsborough Tourism Board. Low on gas and near exit 164 during normal business hours? Visit Hillsboro. Learjet, introducing our new sommelier interior edition with wine cellar and monogrammed ice bucket. Fly high above the indolent rubes in a Learjet. And River of Life Lutheran Church, reminding you to ask yourself, are you the reason why Jesus came? Welcome to this week's episode of The Wine Fellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Fellers! Wine Fellers, we got nothing to do except sit around here talking wine with you. Well, Joe had a bad day, got banned from the factory. He ran into Mark, said, I need someone to drink with me, and Mark said, Sure, feller. chill episode of the wine fellers ever it's our semi-biannual one month countdown to valentine's day special and my good feller mark and i will discuss valentine's day from a food and wine industry perspective so expect to be informatized amazed and wowed but it gets even better During the first half of our show, we will be speaking with our favorite French delicacy, Flo. She is returning for another incredible Flo Nose segment. Just in case you've been wrapped in saran wrap and buried under an abandoned well, Flo is a Winefeller's extra special guest who happens to know everything about everything. This, the mailbag, and some more ill-considered Winefeller's song creations all on this week's very special episode of The Winefellers. But first, what are we drinking today, Mark? And wine, y'all. And wine. Hey, Joe. Oh, Mark, what are we drinking today? And I also forgot to do that uh, Jamaican accent in the beginning there. You so did, but you can do that next can- week. And, I, <laughs> and, uh, and Joe does a, a wonderful Jamaican accent. Uh, it almost uh, sounds Australian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love how uh, how my accent repertoire consists of uh, 
a character yes. that uh, morphs between Christopher Walken, that's right, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, Woody Allen. Okay, well that's that. Okay, Joe, <laughs> let's no no no. Let's hear. Let's no, hear. I, I, no, no, I, no, no. I, I want to hear Christopher Walken. No, go ahead. I want this is for everybody to hear. Go ahead. Um, so Mark, what are we drinking here? That's wonderful. Okay. Now mm-hmm. I want you to do your Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hey, Mark, what are we drinking here? It's very right? close. It's, <laughs> well, but but then you can go like, so, uh, well, <laughs> then it gets even better. Then there's w- the Woody Allen, right? Yeah, yeah. For, yeah, yeah. Mm, uh, Mark, what are we drinking here? <laughs> but then you're into Christopher Walken, and then with you start to go crazy, you're Arnold Schwarzenegger all of a sudden. You, it's hard to believe that those three voices could sound similar, but they do. It's amazing. Oh, uh, yeah, I am amazed, that's for sure. But wh- What, Mark, are, so we're what drink- are these three personalities in my head drinking on today? Yes, we are drinking a 2009 Ellers Estate Cabernet Franc from Napa Valley. Cabernet Franc, it's 100% Cabernet Franc, which is yeah, weird for a wine. Very odd. It's uh, so the wine is kind of a dark purple. It's floral notes, and uh, it's really good. And uh, if you can get your hands on some, it's an interesting varietal to try. And um, what I like about this wine is that it has kind of these dark berries, these black cherry, and you also have some charred oak on the palate. Yeah, and like I would even say some charred oak earthiness to it, which reminded me as I'm drinking this wine, mm-hmm. uh, and and just happens to pop into my head this earthy flavor i had something similar recently you know i was kind of searching my head wherever i tasted this and the answer is in a cup of tea recently well that's possible (laughs) i mean i guess you know uh although tea is tea really earthy Uh, yeah of course it is well this yeah right well this particular cup of tea uh i was introduced first of all did you know Tea is like a huge thing. <laughs> Did you know this, Mark? I, you know, I am uh, traditionally a coffee drinker, and I do try to stay away from tea. But yes, I know okay. because my wife has a drawer, a giant drawer, and must have a hundred, two hundred teas in there. So I know that people do <laughs> okay. drink tea. Yes. So, but I don't know if you're aware of the lengths at which one of these individuals who's infatuated with tea uh, has gone to. I don't know if you know the depth of their. Uh, insanity. Oh boy. Okay, so uh, this uh, my brother-in-law is big, has, big tea drinker. Well, all of a sudden, never before. Uh-huh. But man, he is he is in the cult now, Mark. <laughs> <He's> a- <laughs> all right, he uh, he bought this mushroom tea. It has mushroom mushrooms, dried mushrooms, but also uh, herbs and yeah. le- you know, plant leaves. And this is not the, no psychoactive ingredients in this tea. No, this is your typical mulch tea. (laughs) (laughs) It's like uh, all of the clippings from the garden go into this. I can almost guess what this tastes like. And it was not good. But but according to him uh, and the sales brochure, Mm -hmm. uh, it increases any number of chemicals in your body that... uh, enhance concentration alertness and all of these things okay so uh i was uh after learning of this uh the backstory behind that cup of tea he made me he proceeds to break out all these other weird teas yeah teas that that are like 
and, and, and he's telling me each one needs to be steeped at, for a certain amount of time at a certain specific degree of hot water uh-huh. uh, or else it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have him on the show next week and he can describe <laughs> his tea fatuation because uh, um, maybe mean, he'll get us on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have him on and uh, we'll make some tea on the wine fellers. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Welcome. You've got mail. So what you, what you, what you got? I got mail! So what you, what you, what you got? I got mail! So what you, what you, what you got? We got mail! So what you, what you, what you got? We got mail! 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 We have to it, shorten it, that. It intro. is it is, it is the intro that goes on too long. We have to shorten Finally, that intro. We really do. Our station manager Bob and I agree on one thing. What's that? No, well, that, 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 yeah, that it's too long. Okay, yeah. Well, I agree too. All right, we'll shorten it. We're just going to cut it off next time. But at least we know what's happening. What is happening? We have mail. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you recall, Mark, Two weeks ago, we received an email from Peter Stone, who listens to our show via 93.5 The Oak. Mr. Stone wrote, how did you two fellers meet, and did Joe really lose his job? Now, we never finished answering the entire question. Uh, We did get to the point where, um, uh, no, I did not lose my job. Uh, Then, in fact, we worked together, didn't know each other, Mm -hmm. had a chance encounter to go up to New York on some business. Right. Uh, and, uh, I think our first night there, uh, if we, I remember correctly, I left off in the story where we had found the, uh, best sushi restaurant in New York city called beyond call, called sushi. beyond sushi. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think the beginning of our friendship because we r- realized we both had a love not only for wine, but for sushi, real, sushi. good food, real sushi. Mm-hmm. Um, and did we, and I think we explained that the beyond sushi restaurant, Just, one that we walked what 10 blocks to get to yeah it was we must have walked for an hour uh, yeah it was a it was a vegan sushi restaurant with there no was no fish no sushi at all in this place <clears throat> i was <laughs> to say i was disappointed was a little that would be an understatement but we did find the right sushi place yes after that we did and i don't remember the name but we, we, <laughs> we made it there and it was it was an incredible experience we uh, ate uh, these uh, big mac rolls and checkerboard rolls and uh, you uh and then we and but the problem i think with the evening started is at that point we started in with the sake that's when the sake began and that sometimes can uh, if if you take anything away from the show today uh, that sake is sometimes not your friend. <laughs> we started drinking sake with these sushi rolls, and they had an entire sake menu. Right. And That's interesting. And one thing uh, that uh, my wife actually taught me this: mm-hmm. get your sake ordered like as hot. The word to use is as hot as they can physically make it. Yeah, and sake is just rice wine. Yeah, and just just warm wa- rice wine. Mm-hmm. So. We, I think we must have had how many bottles there of, of just steaming hot wine, basically? Yeah. Well, those little mini bottles, but yes. We had, we had, I think we had six 
at least six. But these are sockies you can't you can't get in North Carolina either. I mean, you can only get them in New York. We had or, to try them had, all. Yeah, so right. So we started there, and if you, you know, sushi does have some rice in it, but if you look at the, how much sushi you eat, it's not like you're eating a basket of garlic fries. No. This does not really absorb alcohol too terribly well. Well, that wasn't the issue. I think the issue after that we was we went ended up in Times Square, and then we ended up at a Irish pub. And, we, and so yeah, but this is this is, you have to understand this is the first time we ever hung out to, with each other ever. Yeah, we had uh, we uh, we went down to Times Square. We had a, a beautiful hotel. We did right like it's like, like this boutique twenty hotel. yards from Times Square. Yeah, they're like there were like ten rooms in this hotel. Ho- whole hotel it was, was perfect. It, we, we we did not fit into the hotel. They had they started, no, it was very. Very fancy. Yeah, like, they were trying to serve us cucumber water when we walked in. Yeah, they just, looked they looked us up and down before like they let us into the bar that was attached to yeah. the. And we went in there and we were like, "Oh no, this isn't this for us." This isn't for us. So yeah, so so but, we go like two steps down. It's the uh, what the the, uh, the Irish bar. Irish bar. What was uh, yeah. the name of that I place? I have no idea. But it was it was it a was, good bar. It was a real Irish bar. And it was it, they played the loudest music. It was so loud. I mean, it was. But we so started loud. drinking on the beer, and we started, and then after the beer, I guess came the whiskey. Of course. And but so at the, so and all of a sudden it was two o'clock in the morning, and we decided that we were hungry again <laughs> because I we was, just had sushi. Which I was fill you up. starving at this point. So we ended up at a pizza place right across the street. Yes. <laughs> Now, this is one of those places that sells pizza by the slice. Right. And these are huge. It's like the they need to serve it on like three paper plates just to give you a huge. slice of pizza. And I go in there and I'm, you know, I'm the little guy in New York City for the first time, uh-huh. hungry. Right. I mean, at this point, way too inebriated to make any choice about what size pizza to order. Uh-huh. And what do I order? But not their large, not even their extra large. I told them... To make me and sell me the largest pizza they can possibly make, but given the constraints yes. of like you announced physics. it like a challenge. Make me <laughs> your largest pizza, <laughs> and they said uh, like you know extra large, and I was like no, you didn't hear me. <laughs> make me the biggest pizza you can. Yes, and, and they proceeded to do and put, that. And put mushrooms and pepperoni on it. Right, and they proceeded to make the oh. largest pizza I've ever seen. It was huge. We were in there, and, and here's the thing. It took them 40 minutes to make and <laughs> cook this they, thing. They, they, they took us at our word, and they oh. went, and people came and they went, no, and yeah. there we go. We're just standing <laughs> there. Eating, leaving. leaving. And they were it's still busily there's like putting <laughs> pepperonis on the pizza one by one. And oh, it was and like, that it was took like for, 10 minutes took just forever to do, to, that. to do that. And they, you know, eventually w- they could only put the pizza in the oven, and all the other pizzas were, were gone from the oven, and they, sh- they slid <laughs> yeah, it in. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't cook this with any other pizza. <laughs> and then we we waited another, you know, thirty minutes, oh. and and out, it was the largest pizza I'd ever seen. All the while, we are uh, drinking. Uh, bottled beer out of their drink cooler which we thought were complimentary as long as we we're waiting for the, for the pizza but <laughs> well it, i figured they if, no they were not i think by the end of it it's weird when you go into a pizza restaurant and come out with a bar tab which is basically <laughs> what happened so right so then he comes out this giant pizza that <laughs> would, would not, not fit in no, any box not that they fit had. in any box they had it, it had to like they had to somehow i think they ended up putting two boxes together <laughs> yeah they could to, like they one was the lid their, and one was a bottom box yeah. because the, the pizza had to like fold up at the edges yeah it was like a like a 
big dish in there, you know, curved up just to fit in this thing, just spilling out of this box. Yes. And so at this point, I think, you know, we we had 10 more beers while we were there waiting for this pizza. It took an hour. Yes. And then and then out came the $50 pizza. <laughs> Plus the beer. Yeah. And we bring it across the street. <laughs> I I was like so excited about this pizza. At this point, it's like three in the morning. But it's so big. So when you walk around, when you walk down the hall of <laughs> your hotel room. looking. Yeah. Everyone like, wow, that's a big pizza. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. Like it barely went. This was a tiny hotel. And it bar- the elevator door barely opened enough. <laughs> to get yeah, it in their level. Yeah, that tilted a little bit. Yeah. But you didn't want to do it too much because the pizza would slosh. But yes. And so uh, we bring this thing up to the um, hotel room. Mm-hmm. And I think we ate two slices. Yeah. we Before I just com- just passed out. Yeah. So if the pizza, you know, is a clock dial, we ate between 12 and 1. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and that was, that I was mean, the, just a waste, <laughs> a complete waste. Anything more. I could have just ordered a, two slices. And been done with it. And been done. Nope. But somehow, <laughs> by the morning, it, the, the whole pizza ended up <laughs> face down on a shag rug of, uh, of the hotel room. It, the, the, like an entire jar of oregano, a little... <laughs> Uh, like a cup they sent home with us. Yeah, we woke up and looked at this spilled pizza into the face carpet. down. Like this isn't looking good. This is not good. You you actually took some pictures of it. I we did. Put I it actually on, have proof of this. We should actually post it to uh, uh, Instagram. Later. But then also somehow you ended up sleeping <laughs> on the that bare was, mattress. We were looking back through the uh, the photos, the evidence, yeah. photographic evidence, and found th- the funniest photo of all, which I'd forgotten about. Because you know, there's one with me laying there half naked with the pizza in the bed, and the next one is the pizza on the floor, and then the next one is just of the empty bed. And we and and <laughs> all of the sheets, including the tight sheet that goes around, you know, that sits on, yeah, all of it had been pulled away by me, mm-hmm. and I had been sleeping the entire evening in on a bed in New York City Face in down. a hotel room. Face down on a bare mattress, and that's that's the most <laughs> horrifying thing of all of the whole experience. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll have to. Yeah, we, part we need three. To, I guess we, we'll got, be next. I mean, there's so many good the the go kart ride back to the airport. There's <laughs> we'll just so much more to come. Yes. So we'll have this is like a three parter. I guess so. so. D- don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Wine Fellers on WHUP, and listen. To this song. One, one. I'm sipping grapes down the lobby when the server finds it, gives me a fuck a reaffondu, souffle, pate, crevole, and ratatouille. Well, laying back on cruising, well, it's such a duty. Hands me reach for glottos, simple, vanilla, mantra, sagal, or monte, conti. Put your slow to morgo, lift your mood to left, and low on a scene. Feeling buzz, I need to get out, drop all over, take up a hurry. Revving too fast, top down sideways, rocks are off, I'll get my Bugatti. Piper, Hesek, Button, Shin, and Kruk, and Kufe, and a pair. I drive my speed up, still fast, cast off, that the beach, and dip big flunky. Ripple, Cisco, Mad Dog, Night Train, Boons, for Mans, and Mogan, Dave. A book on tape queued up inside a voice, and no one can curse, because I got Mark Shilbuk on computers. Simulated universe. I'm like a Harris, Hitch, and Graydon Square. I'm a poser's Tito gangster, and I don't want your prayers. I'm like a Samuel Harris, Hitch, and Graydon Square. I'm a poser's Tito gangster, and I don't want your prayers. I'm like a solar flare, your castle in the air. I'm a poser's Tito gangster, and a wine fell air. Solar flare, your castle in the air. I'm a poser's Tito gangster, and a wine fell air.
up, eat a chick, her name is him and Mella. My old friend Dre here, dead our brother, he is known as the other one, Bella. In the club we rock it out, I order single malt, Japanese, but with some Maziki, Niga, Kishu, then we find some up, eat, kiss, and Tori. We spoke, lot, toss, and love, vinyl, mantra, sailor, monte, conti, ripple, cisco, mad dog, nitrin, booth, from ransom, mook, and David. time to be bombed with knowledge by our favorite French delicacy, Flo, with Flo Knows. Leave your dirt at the door. Flo Knows, the capital of Idaho. Flo Knows, who is Michelangelo. Flo Knows how to play the banjo. Flo Knows, Flo Knows it all. Flo Knows how to play the bongos. Flo Knows how to find Bordeaux. Flo Knows, thousand names for snow. Flo Knows, Flo Knows it all. And let it flow. <laughs> All right, Mark, we are here with Flo. Yeah, wow, Flo's in the studio. Welcome, Wonderful. Flo. Oh, hello. I'm glad to be back. We <laughs> love having you pleasure. on the show. It's just uh, such a fun time. This I agree. Is, <laughs> the questions keep flooding in. They do. To uh, the uh, lady that knows everything about everything. So we're going to get right into it. This first question uh, came in an email from Leonard Drone, who lives in Chapel Hill and listens to us via WCOM. He writes, I recently traveled over to Germany for the first time. After an evening of heavy schnitzel eating, which <laughs> that's funny, right? I mean, I, I never hear people talk like this, Mark. I guess it's just the, the writing. So after heavy schnitzel eating, yes. I took my first trip to a German restroom. It immediately became apparent that my waste products, as oh he calls them, fell directly onto a small shelf inside of the bowl, instead into the water like normal. What? I found this to be quite alarming, as do I, Mark. Why, oh, why would the Germans do this? Flo, what can you tell us? Well, basically, when I think of a toilet with a shelf, you know, I think of a way to collect stool. Yeah. So why would would you want to collect your stool? <laughs> That's Excellent a very question. good question. I do not know. The way I see it is that this shelf allows to for stool examination. Okay, so it sure. might be important to people, maybe German people, to inspect their stool. Hmm. What? what? 
Why, well, why? no, I like this. I like where you're going with this because that would, Mark, be a very good reason to have a shelf in a toilet. But why would the Germans want to inspect their this. stool. Mm-hmm. Well, it has been done for centuries. In fact, uh, lots of European kings had their stool examined by physicians like every day wow. to make sure that they were in good health. So it is a possibility that it is important for some individuals to inspect their stool every day and make sure they're healthy. And it's not crazy when you think about it. Hmm. Stool yeah. um, can, um, I would say, um, show signs of um, um, basically, can basically give you quite a bit of information about your overall health, you know, uh, based on the color, the shape, and whatnot. Basically, it can show maybe signs of infection. We don't think about it, but it's a byproduct that comes out of you and it shows signs of maybe intestinal problems or sometimes early signs of cancer. Uh, It is, you know, so not to be, you know, alarming. I just, you know, it's, I will say that we should not focus too much on the stool, but how different you, I would say, your uh, bathroom habit is, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, more so on the the output. Wow. Is there a change in an increase or decrease in the output or, you know? I'm sold. Why why don't you think Americans do this? Well, Mark, uh, I think we do to some extent. We do? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I think as kids, okay, uh, you would do more of this. I remember the first time, you know, the first time as a kid finding, you know, peanuts or corn, right? It's fascinating. It is just fascinating. And uh, and not to mention, uh, as a child, all of the um, dog poop that you'd poke with a stick or look at or and <laughs> even to this day I cannot not watch my dog go to the bathroom it's like you're just drawn to it it's it's a curiosity i feel most americans have been shamed into uh, ignoring is that right are we ashamed of talking about this yes most people uh, seem to be ashamed even um you know, the, I would say most people are very uncomfortable, and I don't think uh, I've ever had a conversation with <laughs> with friends about their stool. <laughs> but I'll tell you though, the next time uh, I have a, a dinner party, uh, everybody needs to hang on because we're talking about this. You could have it could be like a giant shelf that everyone could. Uh, you well, could talk, but, but no. But that's actually a good question, Joe. I mean, like, what if there is a problem? I mean. It's not like, are you going to pull somebody in to examine it also? I mean, no, you, then you know to probably go see a doctor. But, but do families examine each other's? <laughs> oh, that makes me think of uh, one of my children. <laughs> oh, so that he happens. was a toddler, and uh, every time he went to the bathroom for number two, he would call mom <laughs> to 
examine what he did because he was so proud of himself of what he did in the toilet. Well, he's probably thrilled that we're uh, talking about this now. <laughs> but, uh, well, this has really been fascinating. I mean, this is, I've actually learned a lot about how different cultures do things. And uh, we, uh, We'll, um, uh, you know, we'll actually post material about this on the website. Why haven't we seen these toilets for sale in Home Depot or Lowe's? I think it's a cultural issue. I think uh, no one will buy them here. Well, he, so here. Well, guess what? what? You know, I've been thinking um, maybe in the future we could have a toilet that will um, analyze our excrement wow that's, that's a great idea you should have kept that to yourself because now people's gonna steal, people are gonna steal that idea but that's a wonderful idea wow. why why don't they do that well think about it you know i was because if you have like a pre-cancer or something the toilet could like analyze detect that. it that's right exactly and wow. then basically print, print a report <laughs> uh it could have bluetooth uh capability and can be sent to your uh special watch i mean think about it's it ama yeah amazing uh, or just every just, time you go it broadcasts to your family and friends your health i just picture it being a talking toilet also, I mean, <laughs> sure. Like, well, why are you, you doing that? You are, <laughs> everything looks good. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, it tells you what, or or if there's a problem, or it lets what, you know. See the doctor, like, see a doctor with warning bells. If it detects a serious issue, I really think it, this is it, a great idea. All of a sudden, idea. these latches come up and latch you onto it, shling, and then the <laughs> wheels pop out, and it's like emergency stool problem, <laughs> driving to hospital now. I, you know, and then you're on the the interstate, the bypass, strapped on top of your talking driving commode. Well. I think this is a great. I think this is a great response to the uh, really interesting question, and we will talk about this question more. But I think we have a second question. We've got we've got a question in from Facebook here, Flo. It's from Nick Noistier. I think I'm saying that right. Who wants us to know that he has been on Facebook? I'm reading this here. It just came in. I'm in the messaging screen. Yeah, so I see pardon it. It just me. Came in on Facebook. Uh, he's been on Facebook for a mere four months mm -hmm. uh, and <laughs> says, however, he has over 302 friends, which I guess is kind of impressive great i'm not sure mr noise thanks nick uh so he asks hi Flo. although i completely love your segment sometimes i find that the wine fellers show itself exists without purpose hey <laughs> why am i reading this mark but let's make that our little secret he says <laughs> at any rate here and here's the question uh how do we know god exists well, if we knew, then there will be no belief. I mean, seriously, think about it. If we, the way I, I see, you know, just when you uh, think of someone way, you know, above us, um, a God, if you, if you knew it existed, maybe it will lose its purpose. You know, somehow uh, some individuals need to know um, that I don't know. It's a, you know, it's a, it's personal. It's something that we, I don't know. I. So it's so there's the mystery. So I guess what you're saying, Flo, there's the the mystery of it makes it uh, uh, more um, grand. Hey, I I get what you're saying here. <clears throat> it's by definition. Right. You you can't prove or know, I guess, is what he's asking, that a God, any God exists. Uh, 
You, you that's it's a well. You could prove you can't prove the negative, but you could prove uh, mm. that, that the, if it was to be proved, I think you could prove it. But that's what all belief is about. Exactly. You can't that's prove what it. Uh-huh. That's what it is. You can't prove it. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just um, it, it is up to us to decide if we want to believe or not. And but I guess what I'm my question is: Would an all-powerful, all-knowing God really require a a, a our belief. Well, that's not Nick's question, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need, I mean, his question is big enough already. Mm, you know, and yes. here's my, you know, and I want to say a little bit here as well, because I think, like Flo's saying, we can't know, right, that God exists. But in some ways, it's as though he does, because enough people believe it, perhaps. Uh, that's Well, that's an interesting point. So your, your, your argument is that the more... Uh, the numbers of people who believe it is a, a an argument. Well, in some ways, it's like if everyone went around believing that a giant meteor was going to strike the earth tomorrow and destroy us all, people would be out in the streets going crazy, looting, robbing, doing things they wanted to do their entire lives and didn't have a chance to do it, as though the meteorite was actually coming. Hear what I'm saying? Mm, no. If enough people believe something, mm-hmm. there's, then there's this effect from the belief, right? It doesn't matter if what so they if believe is real or not. It's like people go out and do good and try to be good people because they believe in this God that Nick's asking about. Right. So in some ways, well, he kind of does exist because they're out because there is the effect of that yeah. thing. Well, it's interesting. So like, so what if uh, against all information, I believe that there was a giant diamond uh, buried in my backyard, but, but I don't have, a, I don't, there's no fact about it, but I believe it. And, and, and because I believe it, I act and behave in a differently than I would otherwise. Um, would it be better for me to know the reality about that big diamond buried in the back of my yard if it was real or not? And you have a point, you know, um, you act in a different way. Uh, basically, for some people, it's important to believe in something bigger than themselves because it gives them a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, but this is really, I mean, this has really been uh, 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 amazing. This is what we love about the show is that uh, we talk- <laughs> out of all the <laughs> questions that can come in. We talked about two very important topics. I think that... Uh, <clears throat> This has become... And, you know, this is really a salient topic because uh, I uh, actually sat next to Flo during uh, Christmas Eve services at church by accident. <laughs> this is true. A true. And uh, how was the experience? It was, it was wonderful. But, you know, it was... But it, you know what? It was uh, amazing because uh, I... I got there late. My wife and I got there late, and we end, because of that, we ended up sitting in the very front row. That's right. <laughs> Ushered all the way to the all front. All the way to the front because I guess people don't like to fill the front row, <laughs> and um, and that's where we were. And then Flo ended up uh, next to me. Yes, that's right. So. And uh, we sang the whole night. Mark has told me about these Christmas Eve services before. Did he pull this when he was there? He will. Re- he refuses to drink out of the same cup that anyone else has consumed from, yeah. and so he's saying how he will not 
you know, when he gets so nervous at these things because he knows he's going to go up and with his medical background, no, he's going to contract any number of colds, sore throats, flus. Did you make it? Did you pull through this time, Mark? Well, uh, I my actually my strategy was not to go up at all to to uh, for the. Uh, I'm line, sure that looked know. great to the entire congregation. I think I this one yeah, guy up front. I think it was kind of conspicuous. Do you think it was conspicuous? That I didn't go up. <laughs> Hello? No, no. The thing is, you know, the community the, 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 uh, at this church, basically, these people are wonderful and they're very, yes. um, very nice, very nice uh, community. You know, they just don't don't judge oh, and no. they don't even um, they just let you. But you know. I felt conspicuous because I was sitting in the front oh, row dude, and when, I didn't go up when I was uh, going to uh, uh, this um, uh, church growing up. I often just was nervous as a kid, and I didn't want to go up there and do this thing, yes. to have uh, you know, communion. So I would sit there as well, and it was all just as I felt just as awkward. But everyone, no one cared. You know, they were like, just yeah, it's a very, yeah, it's, it's not a very like easy go. Oh, not no fun. one got their feelings hurt over it. No. But there was another option you could have uh, chosen. It's basically go. You know, up and uh, and cross your arms. Really, and you will still receive the cross on your um, on your head. Uh-huh. On your head, and um, and so that was a way without uh, taking communion. See, I never knew about that. Yes. Well, I didn't choose that route. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like they're handing out how this work fly, how this whole thing works flyers at the door yeah where was my brochure (laughs) it's like when you get on a plane you get the little talking to of here are the exits you're right you know keep your hands inside the roller coaster at all times that's right well next time i'll know (laughs) that's great well flo thank you so much for being on the show it was once again very enlightening because flo does know uh incredible uh everything uh, pretty much everything about everything and she actually (laughs) uh, i learned quite a bit on 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 this segment well, thank you very much for inviting me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Flo.
presents a happy precedent. A super segment. It's Wine Fellers Special Event. Turn your radio up. Turn it up. Grab your wine cup. Go get it. Put on some makeup. Oh, yeah. It's Wine Fellers Special Roundup. Pour your wine bottle. Your brothel, seal that glory hole with Mark and Joe on cruise control. You've lost your wife and kids to cancer. Your life is on skids. You've got no reason to live. Let the wine fellers plant a blissful kiss. We're proud to present a happy president. A super segment. It's one fellers that believe it. You are listening to the Wine Fellers right here on WHUP Hillsboro. Next, right now, in fact. Mark is going to give us an insider's view on Valentine's Day from a food and wine industry perspective. Hey, so Joe, this is a Valentine's Insider special. Joe, most restaurant servers and chefs, you might not realize, do not like Valentine's Day. I can totally see that. It's actually known in the trade as uh, the least tipped holiday. Oh, golly. (laughs) It's true. And they're probably just... So many hoops they have to jump through. Ba- and everyone wants their meal perfect I know. on Valentine's Day. So chefs actually dislike Valentine's Day because they are re- relegated to a smaller price fix menu with uh, uh, occasionally the idiotic little gimmick dishes that are somehow supposed to convey love, uh, like uh, those fried cheese balls on a bed of rose petals. <laughs> Do not eat the rose petals. I think you can eat them. Can you? Oh, yeah. Wow. It's love. No. Well, they can't (laughs) taste good, though, Mark. No, I've had them. They're not bad. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's just the normal menu just served on a bed of rose petals. Everything's on rose petals. Here's your fries on rose petals. What about like a rose stem salad? (laughs) Yes, that's right. thorns and prickly and... That's good. I guess that should be on the menu. Here's your rose petals on a bed of rose petals. <laughs> so, but working Foreign on salad, <laughs> working on Valentine's Day uh, means seeing the kind of customer one doesn't typically see during the rest of the year. Uh, often, individuals who attend restaurants on Valentine's Day do not happen to dine out much, and they have no idea how this is supposed to work. They're supposed no to, idea. in their mind, they show up and are whisked away. Uh, you know, and along along the path to their. Uh, end of the meal, they achieve self enlightenment. And no, off- uh, no offense to you, you if you're listening. This is the only night that you go out, but the, but the, I'm just letting you. We're just kind of conveying. Uh, we're the messenger. You here. might want to give it a few test runs. You know, go out a few times, L- learn the names of the people that work at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's right. And and then uh, when the day comes, stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is why it's noted as the most dreaded uh, day on the calendar oh, year for restaurant tours. But anyways, Quora compiled a list of some of these Valentine's dinner requests. Who? A Quora. I guess it's like a website kind of dealy. Oh, all right. But they, they uh, compiled a list of a Valentine's dinner requests as relayed by chefs and servers in the industry. These are like requests that 
people show up on Valentine's Day and they are sort of over the top uh, requests that you probably wouldn't get during uh, the normal uh, year. That infuriate these uh, workers in the industry and make it known and hated. Yes. The, so, uh-huh. what are some of these ridiculous? Well, gonna, so, requests? what do you think would be the number one request? Well, look, we've heard about it. I've only heard about this because uh, I read that it happened to someone um, when they uh, ate the engagement ring. the the uh, The guy put the engagement had told the chef put this engagement ring no, in her cake really? in a slice of cake uh-huh stick the ring in there yeah. or most restaurants will not do this for you but see but you, but, but it'll come to the table the guy sticks the ring in the cake uh, and then the the, the the woman uh. swallows the ring and uh, see this is why you need a shelf toilet <laughs> Well, they, uh, if they had one or not, they did, in fact, find the ring after a few days, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, it did make an appearance. Well, and, uh, and, I mean, imagine the... Yes. You, you just have to buy a new ring at that point. Well, this is amazing. You can't then propose with a ring that's been through that very oh, person's sh- lower digestive sure tract. Sure you can. It makes it more special. Oh. But you're right. This is, this is, this is one of the... Uh, the things that it chefs, is that on the list? Yes, that's on the list. Sticking rings and foods. Uh, there was someone relayed a story about a guy who wanted to propose to his girlfriend and asked the server to hide the ring in a solid slab of <laughs> seared foie gras on a bed of microgreens. <laughs> you kidding? No, and that oh just doesn't gosh. sound like. Just think of pate and like a ring embedded in there. So yeah, that that's not. So, but that happens, and so, <laughs> so that's one thing uh, chefs complain about and servers. The other thing that uh, especially servers. Uh, complain about is and chefs uh, countless requests to draw hearts on things like steaks pancakes oh, and lobsters boy. or something so yes i can understand <laughs> that because like you can't how could you possibly go out on uh on valentine's day and have a heart not drawn uh, on your uh food i've got to believe that these folks like the guy who who is drawing his 100th heart <laughs> on you know the steak yeah um just s- stops caring. Yes, and and the, and like, just half-heartedly draws some blob of an object. Yeah, an oval. It may not even yeah <laughs> resemble a heart. An amoeba. Yeah. Yes, just, I get you. Right. <laughs> like in, in some passive-aggressive ways yeah. of getting back at these people. Here's your heart. You know. <laughs> of course, of course, it gets sent back. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like this is not. There's no heart. It's not a heart like enough. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, so uh, they, there's a chef that relays a story about uh, uh, how uh, some there's a couple who requested two chicken breasts in the shape of hearts, <laughs> and so right, it can get a little bit of, out of hand. Do you think that uh, more food is sent back on Valentine's Day than any other day? So it actually is. That's true. More food is actually sent back on Valentine's Day than any other day oh. except for Mother's Day. And and the reason is, is again... They want it perfect. and yeah, They want it perfect. And unfortunately, sometimes people who dine out on these days don't dine out. Um, and they're not used to much. And they're not used to uh, uh, meals that they uh, haven't uh, made themselves. 
Sure. And so uh, that's that does happen. And, and, and along with that, uh, oftentimes people will show up with significant dietary restrictions. Oh, boy. And not call ahead, which you know can happen anytime. But uh, in any restaurant, usually people uh, want you to, uh, the uh, maitre d' wants you to uh, call ahead and let them know if there's something <laughs> special. You know, if, if you can't, um, uh, if it's a seafood restaurant and you're allergic to shellfish, generally they want to know that before you come. And most restaurants are happy to oblige, right? If you <laughs> let them know. Yeah. So the problem is with uh, Valentine's Day, it's this price fixed meal, and they're usually serving the same meal to a bunch of people. Uh, and if you come and, right, and you're a vegan or a raw foodist, or you're gluten free, or if you have peanut allergies, or allergic to soy, they're not going to Or be you able- can't drink the sulfites yeah. in wine. <laughs> yes, that's going to be a problem. Oh, my gosh. And then they ask them, and by the way, how on earth did you ever find someone who loved you? <laughs> that's <laughs> or, they, uh, uh, that's you, and, or they just take you to a table for one because <laughs> you could never, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be here with someone else. Well, then you know what? That takes some nerve. And like a Valentine's Day, like exactly dinner like for you, one. You are please. doing this uh, from just to get something out of it. You you have the sick pleasure. Yeah, I mean, come on, Mark. So there's a top uh, there. There's a list of the top uh, idiotic special dinner requests. As, That's uh, what we're going over. As by Quora, Valentine's Day. And the number one was uh, someone reported how uh, there was uh, customers that asked for 18 mini cakes, spelling "I love you, honey buns," <laughs> when arranged properly. <laughs> and uh, that was probably the number one. Uh, oh, there's the, 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 another one was a meal. They were requesting a meal that was being cooked by the competition restaurant down the street because the restaurant they were in was cheaper and the music was better. (laughs) 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 These are real stories. We don't make this up. Another one on the list was, um, they, you know, people asked to bring in their own wine and food. (laughs) That's interesting. Explain. Well, because they said that they'll bring their kids and the kids will drink the sodas, no worries, and they'll pay for that. So, But they asked to bring their own wine and food. And, <laughs> um, and then uh, probably the last one on the list was uh, uh, someone said that their mother wants to be in the kitchen when their meal is cooked because her mo- their mother trusts no one and says Valentine's Day is when you put drugs in the food. So it's What in the world is going on here? But so it's so interesting. So now you know a little bit about Valentine's Day from a uh, from a, a, a perspective of uh, the from an industry perspective. I like the idea of this uh, guy who ordered up all of these cupcakes with the letters on it. That I mean that's 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 pretty good. You know, and what was it for? I love you, honey buns. Yes. You know, um, it would be uh, really funny if. That could spell some horrible message if they <laughs> fell and got scrambled. Yeah, so they yeah they probably should have uh, rearranged them uh, the 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 words. But so you know it's so when you, it's interesting because when people go to restaurants they don't really uh, you don't really sometimes think about what uh, the perspective of what uh, the people who are running the restaurants uh, have when you're when you're there. Well, and who uh, you know it's almost like the best thing you can do is just. Don't go out and eat on Valentine's Day. So actually, so Jennifer- Like go the day before or so, it's a little yeah, more so special. Actually, my wife and I really don't like to go out on Valentine's to eat too much because because usually it's often a price fix and it's not really, it's not really, they're just trying to cook as many meals as possible because it's a big 
day yeah. to earn revenue, and I get it. Yeah. And uh, so it's not it's not well, really a creative it, meal time. No, and probably you know while you're there, they probably have you know, roses for sale too. I mean, it's just th- Ooh, this yeah. is the package deal. It's all package, that American yeah. men have been sold and women, yes. right? From you know the folks who want to sell more chocolate and more flowers. Yeah. I mean the dark dreaded flower lobby mark right so here, you know it is. So here's I mean, here's my problem joe okay my problem is is that i got married my anniversary is on valentine's day <laughs> why have you not mentioned that earlier well it, oh, i forgot mark. <laughs> <laughs> you got married on so i got wait, married on valentine's you day. aren't one of these people that goes out to eat on valentine's day you're one of these people that has a wedding on Valentine's Day. I got married on Valentine's did, Day. Did how <laughs> you, was it a small wedding or did you have dozens of people working on Valentine's Day to make this happen for you? Well, it was a rather a largest <laughs> wedding at the Washington Duke. And um and yes, uh, I guess I guess I did make people work on Valentine's Day, but in my heart of hearts I believe that they wanted to. <laughs> I think you owe it to them, and, and you said you're already doing this, to all food service industry workers to never eat on Valentine's Day ever again. Well, it was interesting because one of the most expensive parts of the wedding was oh was the uh, was the uh, floral arrangement because flowers all of a sudden on Valentine's Day become twice ex- expensive. And so that w- was uh, actually a difficult part. What? <laughs> Well, because on val- if you have a wedding on Valentine's Day and you have to have floral arrangements for the tables, those yeah. floral arrangements cost twice as much as they would normally. I could see why. Yes. I mean, it's like supply and demand, Mark. Exactly. Whose idea was it to have uh, a wedding on Valentine's Day? Oh, uh, it was a unison decision between me and my wife. <laughs> Good answer. (laughs) Actually, I wanted to do it because I thought, hey, man, that's one less major gift I have to give during the year because I just have one gift that covers both holidays. Right. Sure. So uh, what do you think about that, Flo? About what? Oh, about uh, having your... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Mark just invites... About having your wedding? (laughs) Yeah. All of a sudden... On Valentine's Day? Uh Yeah. Well... uh... You know, at first it sounds like a good idea, <laughs> but then uh, you know afterwards, uh, I think you pay the price for it because it seems like it's no longer a pleasure to go to a restaurant because you stick to one type of meal, and uh, so it's yeah. I think you know. Um, I agree. I, I'm a next marriage. I'm not going to do that. Oh, Mark. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm I hope I'm Jennifer won't kidding. listen to this. Wow! Joke. Well, you know what? I had a great experience, uh, a great experience uh, uh, on my first Valentine's uh, dinner with my husband. That was our first one. What happened? Well, he invited me to a, an amazing restaurant. By then, we were both students um, in Portland, Oregon, at mm-hmm. Portland State University. And he invited me. That was uh, we had been together for less than two months, and he just wanted to invite me to the best restaurants. Wait, he proposed to you after two months? He did not propose me. Oh, okay. He invited me mm-hmm. for Valentine's. Oh, okay. Okay, 
All right, so, gotcha. So we had a Valentine dinner, and it was fantastic uh-huh. until he the the wine uh, the wine uh, person came to our table and said, "Have you uh, do you know what wine you would like?" And my husband basically offered or proposed that I make the choice. Being French, I should know what mm. kind of wine <laughs> to uh, select. Yes. And I, I had heard of wonderful Pinot Noir from, uh, from Oregon State, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything about them. So I said, oh, why don't we let the weather decide uh, and choose and pick pick a a, a bottle of wine. Sure. <laughs> well, that was the most expensive bottle of wine ah, we had. Oh my <laughs> we ah, drank yes. that night. Well, it was all worth it because <laughs> you know that's maybe what you know solidified the relationship. But my husband never showed any signs of. Um, um, displeasure whatsoever. Oh, I would have been sweating. He <laughs> was not. And I, and let me tell you something. Yeah. The cost of the dinner <laughs> with wine was more than one month of rent. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that wow. was irresponsible See, that's of when, that. That's when, you feign, that's when you feign a heart attack. <laughs> and then, you know, they take you out and you haven't paid for your meal. See? <laughs> is that is that it? Yeah. He still choose to marry me. Wow, that's a that's a nice story. <laughs> how how my, my question is how was the wine? Oh, it was f- <laughs> <laughs> no. I it was fantastic. I should remember the the name of the wine, but it was it, it was fantastic. In fact, we had oh an amazing evening. So, um, well, wonderful. He, miss, he, may, he may have been the most expensive yes. bottle of wine, but it was fantastic. Well, that's wonderful. And you've been listening to the Wine Fellows. I hate to cut you off, guys. I'm having such a good time. Uh, join us next week. Flo's been on. What an amazing guest. We'll be here next Monday. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers. North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is is that the fun can continue online. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies Change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines, cause I'm gonna die. With a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories Love, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow You H-U-P-L-P